Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. In this episode of the Ecom Show, I will talk with Boschan Bellingar, who is originally from Slovenia, but now he's in Mexico and he's traveled all around the world. We lived together last year in Barcelona for three months and actually we are friendly competitors. He has a marketing agency. They focus on e-commerce email marketing and he built out a team of more than 50 people in the last few years. I really admire him about his knowledge and uh, we talked almost one hour mostly about HR and employees and also what things a big uh, business team with more than 50 people uh, really needs. So if you are interested in this, then stay tuned. Hey everyone, here is uh, Daniel Budai with uh, with Borchan Bellingar in another episode of the Ecom show and uh, we have many topics to talk about today. Um, with Boschan, we lived together for three months uh, last year in Barcelona, in the famous uh, Hustle House. And uh, we are friendly competitors as well. Uh, I think we met in Boston for the first time a um, little bit two, two years ago, right? Oh, more than two years or less than two years, something like that. Yeah, even at the airport, I remember you. Or that was after the event. Yeah, probably, probably. But yeah, we went to Boston to the Clavio conference twice last year and in uh, 2018, uh, so less than two years ago. And uh, yeah, since then, Borchan built a huge team of uh, some elite uh, e-commerce marketers, and he will tell uh, more about uh, how he did it. Um, so, so yeah. As, as, as I said, we are friendly competitors because uh, we are both uh, Clavio partners and uh, we manage this uh, retention marketing agency. Now we do conversion optimization as well. And as far as I know, you focus more on email uh, at the moment, uh, but we have very similar uh, client profile. So, so that's about us. And... Yeah, maybe tell us more about your journey in the last few years. Sure. Uh, first of all, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure, you know, to speak with a fellow entrepreneur, like try to share hopefully some of the stuff we kind of learned so maybe other people can, you know, just like incorporate it easier. I think that's the whole plan, you know, so that you don't have to stumble on the same sort of mistakes. Um with my journey, I will, like, I'll let you direct the conversation and steer it where you want. So I'll just say like something basic. But basically, I kind of came into the whole world of agency through actually copywriting. So before everything happened, I was like working with some YouTubers. I travel around with them. Through them, I learned about, okay, if you make YouTube videos and courses, you need to market them. So then I you know, got my first mentor. He taught me copywriting. And then I taught myself and then, yeah, I started to sort of slowly land clients who wanted not me to just write the email, but also to send it. And yeah, three la- years later, there's about 60 of us and we sent like a ton of emails. It's yeah. insane how many emails. 
Um, and yeah, it seems pretty good so far. So that's that's very sure. <laughs> Just one question. When did you uh, come to the conclusion that you want to build a team and you don't want to be a freelancer and just do it alone so i i i, I didn't so that's the, the the biggest thing and and if you <laughs> i i wish i knew this before so i i really really wish i knew this before because for us it happened so quickly that i just i just didn't realize you know i had i think like two or three clients and then i hired my first employee and then in the next few months there was already like 10 or 12 of us or something like that. And I never wow. stopped and asked myself, hey, do I want to manage a team? Do I want us to grow to this and this level? And and truthfully, back in the day, I'd probably say no. Because it was it was fucking insane. I mean, now I'm like I'm I'm used to it and now it's great and I'm really happy, but I think it would be smart to think about this before. Do I want a business model that to scale needs a lot of employees? Do I want a different business model? Do I just want to stay a freelancer where I can just direct my price and just charge more, but I do my own work? Because there's, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's so many levels that are just like, yeah. what? So yeah, really think about what you want to do. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I was in the same shoes and after a while, I don't know how how you, you are in this, but after a while, I just get bored, you know. I, I want to do something more complex or, or harder. I, I used to be a copywriter for almost one year um, and after a while, I just got bored, like writing copy again. I just hire someone to do this and I just do something else. Um, this is a very good discussion. Actually, I had a therapy session just before with my therapist. I do this every week and we talk about similar topics. Um, again, I think I came to this position without thinking prior about things like what kind of work do I like doing the most? Is it solo work when it's just me? Is it leading people? Is it mentoring people? Is it doing sales and business so there's there's all sorts of like different things and you know when i say that i never sort of consciously decided for this it, it just happened because the needs were there or whatever um you know but i i, I mean and i couldn't know that before but i think in the future i will be very conscious and i'll give you an example of where i go or don't go for example i would never ever touch with the stick software and I know that you can make crazy money and, and the multipliers are insane, but I don't want to touch that because that race, once you go in, you can't get out unless you use mm. or whatever. And it's, 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 it's fucking soul draining and, and you just have to compete and run and you don't dictate the pace that you run at. It's like the market does and that's, yeah. that's fucked up. I don't want to do that. So, so yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, uh, why do you think so? I really like software, by the way, but uh, I understand what you mean. Go, go, go for it. I'm not saying software is bad, and there's some amazing software, and, and we both know the, the founder of, of SMS, Bob, who made this crazy big exit, and we're like, what? You know, I met him in Sofia like a month ago. It's fantastic, you know, and, but it's just, it's just not 
correlated with my with my views and, and core beliefs and how I want to live my life. And right now I'm doing maybe 20, 25 focused hours a week. And that's really nice. I like that. I don't want to do 40 hours again because I've done that for like two, three years, done weekends and it sucked. It wasn't that much fun. And, you know, my life doesn't change that much because like I don't, I don't need that much money. Like my salary has been the same for like three years, you know. Uh, yeah. And I can afford stuff. I travel all the time. I live in like a paradise right now. I have a nice flat. So it's not like that's going to change if we grow 3x or 10x. It's not. So it's just not. It's just not yeah. a goal for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, just two days ago, I think uh, Slack got sold to Salesforce for uh, $27 billion. <laughs> And their revenue was in uh, 2019. The revenue was less than half a million, half, half a billion dollars, like 400 something dollars. Well, and that's a lot, though. That's like a 70x or 60x multiplier on yeah. the revenue. One of that's our insane, yeah. actually has stock in Slack. He's like, oh well, that's nice. I'm glad I got that <laughs> stock early this year. <laughs> like 2x instantly. So, yeah. And their profit is minus 200 million a year. Oh, they're something. not profitable yet? Not at all. Like minus 50% margin. Crazy shit. <laughs> and then they get bought for 27 billion, right? What the fuck? You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but I think. What would you do with that money? Dude, imagine. Dude, a billion dollars. Are you kidding me? You can't do anything. That's too much. What do you do? I would start an email marketing agency. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's more fun than Slack. Come on. Dude, I would start a lollipop factory just for the fun. <laughs> what do you do? I have a lollipop factory. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think if you have this kind, especially... It, it's B2B, not B2C, but, you know, there are so many users. It's a mass market. So sure. especially if you have a ma mass market software, I think the network quarterly counts and you sell the network of users. Um, yeah. But uh, back to agency. So as you said, it was very, it was a very quick growth. You just realized that, that you already have 20, uh, 20 employees around you, 20 people around you, which is amazing. Um, how did you get started with hiring? How did you find the first people? Oh, that was quite a journey. Yeah. We're not, we're now at like 60 or something. It's insane. Like on a monthly call six and like, fuck. Um, so the first person was, you know, big up to my man, Olin, uh, our head of HR currently. So the very first employee is now really in charge of all the hiring. I think uh, I actually met him randomly um, through back in the day through those, you know, RSD inner circles or whatever, like on Facebook. Yeah. I met him on Facebook. We just had a, a drink. He, he lived in Tenerife at the moment. Um, and then he started to help me a little bit and, you know, that turned full time. So then initially the first channels were like just social network. A lot of the early employees were recruited from my Instagram, funny enough. And, and they're still with us today. Um, yeah, Lachazar as well. I know him and, and Florian. 
and Florian and Socrates, who's our senior account manager managing mm. Blockjet right now, you know, and, and nice. his story is actually it's incredibly powerful, you know. I don't, yeah, I don't think he would mind sharing that, but he's literally working in McDonald's, you know. He was working in McDonald's and like, you know, and then he started to assist me with some things and now he's managing email marketing for like an eight-figure company or almost nine-figure company. Like he's managing everything. I think yeah. like, I don't know, like $700,000 for them in the last month just through email and, and this like 20-year-old that used to work in McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what do you think why he, he could make it in such a short time period? I think he's a beast. He's just, he's just, he's just very, very hardworking. He's smart. He takes feedback. I think one of the biggest things with employees is do they take feedback, right? As soon as somebody's like defensive and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. But inside, like they they don't take the feedback or they even openly don't. I'm like, yeah, I don't agree. It's like, I don't care. Like, like what? You know, and they, even if they don't agree, they should tell you. So if it's it's fine if they don't agree, but just tell me. Don't say that. Yeah, I agree, and then they don't give a crap. So, even if you don't agree, I think it's 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 so stupid. Like, okay, let's say that you you tell somebody and you have seven arguments. Okay, maybe six of them are wrong, and the person knows it. But then you should focus on that one where you can improve. Like that's, I mean, to me that's just like how I live and how I am. And obviously mm -hmm. not everybody's like this, but for sure the the better people that I've noticed are people who excel, they all have that. They're like, okay, open to feedback and, and implement on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So feedback and being open-minded is one huge thing. And I think execution on things in general, like conscientiousness, that's the fancy word for it. Uh, so... Well, so, one yeah. thing that I can mention yeah. here is what we usually always ask on interviews. We say, mm -hmm. um, what, what, what's your weakness? What are you bad at? What are you not good at? You know? And then a lot of the time, and obviously it's an ungrateful situation because, of course, they try to make the best image because it's the interview. But still, I mean, if I ask you, Daniel, if somebody asks me, like, I know, I have a list. I'm like, all this stuff that I'm not, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and people who know that, who are aware of that, like they are great because they know where they're short, also where they're strong, obviously. And, and that's important, you know. So, so. Yeah. Uh, this week I had uh, 10 hiring interviews. So I, I did a lot of this in the last and I still have three tomorrow. So it, I really enjoy it, actually. I enjoy it more than sales. How many will you choose out of those? Um, so tender account manager hiring calls, we hire two already. We will meet them tomorrow, the team. And uh, gra for graphic designer, I think five interviews and we will hire one. And we also hire one Clavio expert, but we already found that person. So four people uh, from 15 interviews. That's uh, a explosive growth too, huh? Yeah, it's a nice growth. We are not 60 people like you, we will be 17. Uh, yeah, but hiring um, four people just like that, I mean, come on, that's a big change, you know. So, yeah, 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 um, yeah, back to back to weaknesses. So, uh, I, I can totally relate here because there were a few people where we asked this with Angela, the uh, the HR consultant girl who we know, 
and uh, yeah, we. And and we asked this, and uh, there were a few people who couldn't really react. They they were frozen. Like ah, I need to think. I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> so, what a joke. Um, so yeah, it's 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 very important self awareness, and they are aware of their uh, weaknesses and strengths for sure. And uh, so network. Um, when I when I started out, um, the first account manager who I had been, he was also in a in a group on Facebook, uh, in RSD. The first designer was uh, in some entrepreneur group here in Hungary, and they had no idea about email marketing. So we started from scratch. It was fun to teach them, and it was very different th back then than today. We didn't have any systems. I didn't know how to teach anyone to anything. Um, but how things changed since then? How how do you hire people and teach people? I, I laughed because you said it was fun. And I'm trying to look back and I think it really was fun. But if yeah. you meet somebody now and say, train this person in email, I, I want to scream and kill somebody. You know? <laughs> like, I... I, I, I really don't want to do that, like from scratch, you know, and I'm glad you know, that, that Olin has pretty much that covered and we have really strong systems and all that. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's still fun for you, honestly, or, or, or you're just I like... I don't teach them anymore either. I, I, I give it to the team. Sometimes I jump in because, I don't know, I have the teachers to teach better. Right. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, it's just a frustration. Um, and um, so the question is how we do it or what? Yeah, yeah, like how, how your hiring looks like. Maybe Oli knows it better, but uh, yeah, how it looks like and the teaching process. I, I, I still know, and, and he knows, and, and you know, definitely check in with him and he can give you some inside stuff. But basically, so the social media was first, right? Then we tried a bit of Upwork as well, and that's also kind of mixed results. There's a lot of people that just say they do stuff or there's like some agencies and it wasn't that great. And then what we found out recently through Angela, the, the HR consultant we both know, LinkedIn hiring. And that was about early this year we found that out. Um, and since then we have a proper funnel. So LinkedIn hiring is actually relatively simple. So you can, you basically post a job description, right? And you can target people based on filters. You can do different countries, you do different budgets. Yeah. It's really great. And then all of those applicants get funneled straight into an Excel sheet, you know, and then you just sort them, right? So, so, so that's what we do. We post a job post for, let's say, an account manager, uh, budget. For about 200 bucks, you can get literally hundreds of people applying. Um, they get funneled into an Excel sheet and then Olin and his team, they start to, you know, first there's like a smaller check, see who fits, who doesn't, blah, blah, blah. We check their loom videos. Another tip is when you, um, when you hire, always ask people for a loom video or a YouTube video of themselves speaking selfie, yeah. selfie video, why they are the best fit. Especially yeah. if it's a um, client-facing position, you get to see their English, how they behave, if they can like take care of themselves, you know, or they look like they just came out of a cave or whatever, right? <laughs> so, so you get to see all those things, including the energy of the person, which which I think is important. 
Um, so anyway, all that gets into Excel and then, you know, they do the first check and then a practical test, super, super important. So we don't even speak to anybody until the test is done. So let's say yeah. we get 100 people, the first initial screening, half of them go away straight away, maybe because they have the wrong salary expectations, maybe this or that. Then the test gets sent to, I don't know, the top 50 people, maybe, you know, whatever, 10 of those tests are actually good. And then you interview those 10. So this is how you get um, that good. Yeah. And uh, actually LinkedIn, uh, like posting a job and promoting, it's, it's very cheap. It's like 15 euros a day, especially in Europe. In the US, maybe it's 30 bucks a day, but it's still very cheap. If you want to find position as well, if you want a senior position, it's a little different, but still, uh -huh. it's very cheap. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, just run it, uh, especially from Thursday until Monday, because people look for jobs mostly uh, on weekends. But uh, yeah, maybe one tip uh, for the test: what I heard from uh, Sugatan, um, they um, in the test they ask the applicants how their average day look like and uh, they have to write it down and in the interview if they get to the interview they ask the person okay how was your day yesterday and then <laughs> and then they uh, tell you and uh, you can see the consistency if they really the, the you know yesterday was like as, as they described or not they are lying or or what's up so I think that's a very good one. When you when you speak to Olin, if you will speak to him, can you please mention this? This is brilliant. This is so brilliant. Yeah, the, I will. I will. Are, are you? It's basically are you doing what you're preaching, or are you just trying exactly. to? Exactly. Exactly. Like somebody writes, "I wake up at 6 a.m. I read a book. I go to the gym." And how was yesterday? Mm, I woke up at 10 a.m. I was sleepy, <laughs> and they completely screw you then you catch it very fast good yeah. question very good cool yeah we will implement it as well for sure um yeah actually you know i i talk with e-commerce guys every day with many of them and they, they most of them they really struggle with hiring um it's hard. I, I, it is it is but i i think we as agency owners we have a better understanding of it simply because of the nature of the business so i try to have these econ fo folks um but yeah it's it's hard but once you have the process it becomes much easier it's similar to sales i think if you build the process to yeah. get many people and good people and you know how to filter them out then uh, yeah it becomes much easier I, I agree. I think because nature of the business forces us, like we just have to hire. And then we very soon, you know, we realize, okay, these people, they're not that great. Okay. Maybe I need to hire better people, you know, and then you see that actually the quality of your hiring process is directly proportional to the quality of employees. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it's exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. And, and I'm consulting one of my ex-clients now and we did our first interview together and he was like, oh yeah, this was all so great and it was, you know, and we just did the basics, you know, like have an agenda, write down the question for them in advance, what are the, the you know, the what are the slippery areas for them, what we should definitely dig into. 
the basics, the basics of the basics. And he was like, this is mind blowing. Usually I just, I just take somebody, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous and very emotional. If you just, you just get someone. It's just really, really bad. It's gonna, the likelihood of you fucking it up are, are too big. It yeah. usually just turns bad, you know, it just turns bad. I, I even thought about it since we have Angela, the HR girl, since we never hired a bad person. She's not a girl, man. She's a woman. She's, ah, uh, sorry. Yeah. If she's listening this then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a nice woman. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, she's amazing. Um, so, uh, where I stopped. Sorry to uh, cut the other way. <laughs> so, uh, I forgot. I forgot. It's important to call people a woman, you know, but anyway. <laughs> you are right. You yeah. are right. Um, I guess firing. And no, then... I, I remember. I remember. So since we have uh, her as a pro HR consultant, we never hired a bad person, you know. I, I mean, we didn't hire 60 people like you. We hired together like six or seven. But all of them, they are amazing. Uh, Just one of them left uh, this month because she started her own e-commerce company. And that's it. And uh, when uh, I hired alone, like half of them, they were not good. Uh, yeah. And just, yeah. So just have someone who's a pro. I agree. And I think then the next level, which, you know, you can potentially start thinking or maybe you have it already, is then mm -hmm. um, tracking tracking things like uh, uh, team attrition, so how many people leave and after how long, um, and tracking things like net promoter score, like how much do people like working in your company. Yeah, yeah. And now we're even doing some stuff like it's not done yet, but we're all in is trying to figure out a way to measure the, the morale of, of the team and, and things like that. Because uh, it's really key, you know, in, in this. Yeah. It's, it's very funny because just now, I mean, we talked about it a little bit in our private uh, agency chat. Like yeah. one, one other agency is trying to poach our people. They're like writing them. It's like, hey, come work for us. We'll give you 6K a month. And, and it's not really true. Like they, they won't. It's, it's just BS, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, but th th this is, you know, that makes you think, okay, it's great. Let me make sure that I not just hire the right people, but retain the right people. Exactly. That's the next thing. Yeah. We, we do uh, ENPS after all in told us, actually, it's very important. Uh, do you do a 360 regularly? Uh, 360? Well, we did it twice a year. Usually we do it twice uh -huh. a year. But um, so for those of you that don't know, 360 feedback is where Each person in the company gives feedback to each other person they work exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's three questions. One is, um, what do you think this person is really strong at? What do you think they could be better at? And uh, give them a score from one to ten of how good of a team player they are. Uh -huh. And then you get really good feedback. But now we figured out that since we're like too big to do everybody for everybody, we yeah, need yeah. to break it down somehow by departments. But yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. We, 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 uh, we do it uh, quarterly and uh, we just did it a few weeks ago. And uh, we ask, I think, five questions which are uh, rating from one to five. 
how good uh, his management style, uh, quality of work, uh, deadlines and other things. And the second part is more like qualitative. So tell your opinion about his weaknesses, uh, his strengths and so on. And uh, yeah, so not everyone about everyone, but uh, it's, it's broken down to their roles, who they work with. Um, and you but, include yourself, right? Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, I, I have a one-on-one meeting with everyone, like half an hour every, every quarter, just to get, you know, get the vibe of the person. Um, and yeah, it's super, uh, super useful. We had so many ideas from this uh, few weeks ago. So yeah, no, this is, this is great. Olin is now launching some other survey as well, where there's like, yeah, st- stuff like you said, um, but even more in detail, how happy are you with the compensation? Because now we have this, this crazy situation where we have people from all over the world and some of them have same positions. And it's like, how are you going to make sure that the compensation is fair? It's a, it's, a, it's a super huge problem that I still don't know the full solution to. I have some mm-hmm. ideas. Because, you know, like if Coca-Cola has offices in, you know, whatever, Slovenia and U.S., of course, in Slovenia, it's going to be a lot less. But we work in a digital space where we're all online, you know. And so it's, yeah, pretty, pretty tricky. Yeah, I, as I said, we are not at the team level what you have, but I'm very democratic on this. So I would just give the same to everyone. And I, I wouldn't care about the location. You, 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 you can, but then the problem is that... So... You know, let's say let's say there's three levels, right? Let's say there's like the Eastern Europe slash South America, whatever level. There's Europe level and US level. So yeah. if you just put democratic salary. I'm assuming you're gonna put it somewhere around the Europe level, right? So that means that, or or whatever, right? Or yeah, or yeah, yeah. So that yeah. means that by definition, you will not be able to get talent from the US because simply your salaries are not good enough, right? Yeah. Which we get to a problem because we now know that, I mean, I don't know how it is for you, but we only hire you as copywriters. We have not met a non-native that could do good copy clients. Yeah, yeah, I, I, we, right. we are the same, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So already you come to this problem where it's like, okay, but then their hourly is bigger, right? So that's one. And then on the other hand, you know, somebody that, that there's just like, is it still fair if somebody from whatever some third country gets paid the european salary because actually their livelihood is then 3x or something you know like they they can right so then again disproportionate and also check this out yeah. it depends whether you want to be democrat or, or like socialistic or whatever compared to business in a sense you're overpaying because that person if you ask them how much would you be happy with they would say half of what they have so that means that the economy suffers. So, 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 so I'll tell you what I have in mind right now. I think yeah, yeah. the solution is, and we haven't figured it out yet, and it's going to be tricky and potentially messy because some people might not like it. But I'm yeah. thinking it's a, it's a correlation of three factors. One is where are you based? Where do you live? The other is what is the responsibility that you have for the seniority of your position? And the, the third one is what's your experience level, right? So, yeah. for example, a person from U.S., let's say, I don't know, some senior position, let's say 
I don't know, head of sales or, or what, like something yeah, yeah. Here, right? Yeah, so yeah. if they have the equal experience in years and they're both very senior, the one based in the US should have a bigger salary than the one in Europe, you know, probably considerably bigger, maybe by up to 50%, maybe even more, right? Yeah. And in my opinion, that would be fair. Now, however, if you have, let's say, a lower level position, let's say an account manager that's in US, of course, they would need more money than account manager in Europe, but still less money than a senior position, let's say head of sales in Europe, you know, so something, you know, and then based on experience and whatnot. So I think something like that, which then brings another problem, which is what happens if somebody from from a third world country or from a lower price range says, okay, I'm going to go and live in US. You know, then you have to increase their salary technically, you know, if, yeah. So, wow. That's a, and, that's what, and what if they need a higher salary in Africa to move to the US because they need to save some money yeah. to get a house or I don't know. Yeah. So there are complex situations. Complex, very complex, you know. Yeah. And, and but I, I think this is on the right track. And to be honest, I think maybe I'm just bullshitly egoistic or whatever, but I think we're developing some pretty cool shit. You know, because I yeah. don't think this is out there. I don't I mean we've been searching and I don't I haven't seen how this is done, you know. Hmm. It would be interesting to know how it's with the software companies. What Angela told you? Did you ask her? Uh, no, Olin is talking to her. I didn't check. Ah, okay. I got to a lot of these points from, from talking to my therapist, Yasna. Because um, I guess, right, it also matters what your vision as the business owner is. Because yeah. and your principle. Yeah. Right? I'm a little bit more like you in this case that I want to be, not, not democratic, but like some sort of equality, I guess. Because yeah, yeah. if you purely go into economy, it's 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 given. You just hire from cheaper countries. It's I mean you know, but yeah. on the other hand, we have also seen because we've hired like quite some people from from South America recently. They're amazing people, by the way. But we've seen that the results on our bottom line is is very significant. And now we have you know money to invest into more lead generation and into other mentors and positions. So. You know, so in the end, that means that we are more stable and more secure also for those people from those countries and they can expect raises and whatnot. So complex. Why, why don't you hire from cheaper countries if that's the case? They yeah. are just cheaper and same knowledge. And We, yeah. we, we are. We recently, again, I think we've hired about 15 or 20 people in the last, let's say, six months from, from South America, not only, yeah. but also... South Africa, Eastern Europe, etc. Yeah. Um, but like we don't, we don't just want to do that for the rest of our life, you know, because then we got the reputation of okay, this is you know like this company that only hires there. There's a bit of a stereotype, and also again, I don't think that means equality then, because okay, so what if there's like a really good person somewhere in Spain or in Italy or whatever? Yeah. Like yeah. not hire them just because they cost more. Maybe, but maybe not. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, 
you know, I talk with different people from different locations and uh, Eastern Europe, South uh, America, and even Africa. We have our uh, CRO girl from Kenya, and she's amazing. And yeah. now we just today we hired a Nigerian. She's amazing as well. So there are good and, and cheaper. Yeah, yeah, and cheaper talent there. And uh, I think delivery can happen in those countries with those people, but probably sales and the sales team should be where the the, the clients are, US, UK, Germany, because of cultural things. Um, yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah. Again, I, I, yeah, you I, go. I think of it as a nice setup, um, very optimized setup. I know a few software companies which did this, there is one called uh, Prezi, and uh, they have they have multiple offices. But basically, their uh, Budapest office, uh, where they have the coders, the you know delivery, and their sales team, marketing te- team is in uh, California, where the target market is. I think that's a nice combination. Yeah. But you know there are many options, so. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm thinking about this. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm just thinking then also like when you click them on LinkedIn, what does it say? Like all your employees are from here or not really? Like how does it show, you know, like top countries, you know, or, or it doesn't show? What do you mean when you look for a person or company? Uh, what's, their, what's their name? Prezi? Prezi, yeah, yeah. With like a Z? Yeah, yeah. Can you share screen in this presentation or not really? I have no idea. And this is an audio podcast, but uh, oh, Facebook live stream. If you want, I can send it to you on Facebook. Uh, Prezi. Why, why, why did I uh, take care of my hair then? <laughs> no, no, just kidding. <laughs> Prezi, I'm searching for them right now. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But Ricard is the same, I think. They have the office in Budapest, but the sales team is in New York. So, you know, and, and, and the face of the company is in the US. How, how do you call it? This, Prezi? Oh, wow. I can add this to the stream. Okay. Do you see it? Yeah. Is, is it this Prezi or what Prezi? This uh, one? The first one. Okay, so... When you click people, right, it should be showing us where they live. Yeah, you see, so so 300 Uh employees. And how many lives in the US? Eight? Yeah, but I'm assuming they just don't have everybody in. Of course, (laughs) of course. You know, it's just positioning. You, You say that, ah, yeah, everyone lives in the US, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure they have a U.S. company, but, you know, but this not just in agency or software, like Nike, I think most of their employees are in China, in the factories, yep. but it's not a Chinese company in your mind. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, these are big questions and sometimes I wish I could just run away and not deal with them, but... That's what do you like these problems, by the way? I'm sure you like at the end of the day. At the end of the day, when it's solved, it's good. But uh, like sometimes I really wish I could run away because it's, it's, 
I think it's probably impossible to make everybody happy and to be a hundred percent fair. Yeah. It's impossible. So yeah. Yeah, I, I know that. I, yeah. And uh, you have a bigger team, so ju you just multiply the problems. And it's so. not that, you know what I mean? Like, what, what later, you know? If we, if we repeat our trajectory, then what, we're going to be 100 by the end of next year? And then... <laughs> so, yeah, we need to figure these systems out. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I have two questions here left. One is the... the uh... What was her name? The Nina. <laughs> I don't know. The uh, psychotherapist, right? Yes. Yeah. So why uh, do you work with her? Why is it beneficial? And she works with the team as well, right? So tell us more about. She's amazing. I would say she has, let's say, three different roles at the moment. One of them is a support role, so therapy role. This is how I started with her uh, about two years ago, about two hours a week. Um, we also have five spots currently for anyone that wants therapy a week and they can like just join. Her second role is, um, um, it's like workshops. So recently we found out that, or maybe not this, Let's say that we see some sort of team dynamics. Maybe some managers are not fully aware of some blind spots, you know? You can't just say, hey, like, pay attention to this. You don't see this. Like, it's, it takes longer to understand that. So she can lead these sort of workshops where people through conversation, discussion, and talking get to be more aware of that. Um, and then I forgot the third role. Well, the third role, well, anyway. Um, but yeah, primarily, um, uh, the, the primary cause is she worked with me, um, and it helped me not go crazy. Um, and, and, you know, just like cope and, and, and talk about things like this. Do I want to work X amount of hours per week? Do I love this type of situation? What's happening with my motivation? What's happening with the team? So many big questions that, that, you know, normally people don't even think about, but they are, so so important so important yeah. in the end just just the revenue it's not by far the only thing that matters yeah yeah um i had the sales mentor earlier this year he's in the group of um john right? uh joey joey gilkey oh, okay yeah john john hill is the other guy but joey gilkey And he's in the group of uh, Jason Swank. Uh, uh -huh. in the, yeah, and we worked together for a few months. He's amazing. Uh, actually, I think he's for bigger agencies. So we are too small. But he's a great guy. And uh, he's still young, like 32 or something, 31. And he built up an eight-figure agency very quickly around... Hmm? Himself? He's the founder? Uh, he's... I, I don't know if... On the only founder, but he was one of the founders or the only founder. I don't know. But he built this up very quickly. He's a great sales guy. And uh, the profit margin was crazy low. And he just realized that fuck the revenue. I will quit this company. I will start my own small consultancy, small agency. And I think he's now around 10, 15 people. 
and uh, his profit is is seven figure like the margin is like very high let's say like half of the revenue or something like that he just learned how to keep it much more simple with much fewer people and uh, now he's much happier is he still delivering the service though hmm? is he still delivering some of the service or the sales yeah 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 they do i think they have uh, three packages uh, down down with you consultation and down for you which is like 15k it starts at 15k but, but but what you need to i mean what i always look at is all these agency people bragging with really high margins like it doesn't really work if he's do you know what i mean if he's still doing and i'm not saying you shouldn't do anything no you should and plan and vision and everything but do you know what i mean yeah it's it's not like if if there is another position that you would need to hire for and pay somebody for that currently the founder is doing it, then that's not technically the, the, the profit margin. That's why the whole idea of profit margin is a little, yeah, it can be misleading, you know, because also yeah. if you invest a lot of money into paid ads and whatever, your profit bottom line will also be less, but you're actually growing it for the future. So misleading a little bit but yeah I, I know what you mean by yeah yeah and different people calculate uh, the margin in different ways sure. i just calculated our margin this year which is in the bank it was 10 percent or 11 percent i paid myself i paid the people we invested a lot and i don't want a high margin you know what we want to grow so let's reinvest the money and just have some in the bank yeah I mean, yeah. to, to, to be honest, still, like, I think it's a big, like, we, we should also be proud of ourselves, you know, because mm -hmm. like, most businesses just fail, you know, most, they just fail, nothing happens. And even having, or as you said, I mean, Slack, <laughs> negative profit, right? Fuck, you're bootstrapped, you're profitable, that's it. I mean, you know, and the coolest part is nobody can tell you shit, right? which is like, I'm going to plan out some scheme of giving a bit of equity to my employees, not like a majority part, but a bit. Yeah. Because, you know, because I think they deserve it and whatnot and motivation and blah, blah. But but I, I don't want to lose the, the, the majority stake because like, I like the fact that, you know what, nobody can say next year you need to 10x revenue. Like, no. <laughs> Let's do something that's a little more comfortable, you know? Like, let's not, you know, like, go fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. This, is a, this, this is your first business, right? Still. Well, I mean, I tried stuff before. Do you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to sell custom painted shoes. And I actually yeah. have a few pairs. Nice. It looked pretty cool, yeah. Like, I would get these artists, my sister and others, to, like, take, like, you know, like, adidas shoes or whatever and like paint like cool shit but didn't work of course like nothing worked properly so this is the first thing that actually is like legit yeah yeah nice this is my first business as well and i think for first business one uh, owner is good if you are the only owner but uh probably for second third business i would have others maybe uh, if, if you have really good partners it, it really rocks I just think the responsibility as well, you know, yeah. the investment, everything. It's it's probably a good idea, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with, with the audience about hiring, team management, anything, good advice, or what you can see that most people cannot do or don't understand, but they should? Uh, I'm trying to remember a quote. Um, uh, how was it? Don't, uh, well, it's not really about hiring, but it's something like, um, it's what I posted on Slack just before Black Friday hit. And it's like, um, don't take life too seriously because you're not going to get out alive anyway <laughs> in the end. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Um, yeah, thanks, Borchan, for coming. And uh, it was great to talk with you. You shared a lot of very interesting things, very useful things. Um, and thanks for the audience for listening uh, to us. Every Thursday, we have a new episode, so stay tuned. Um, we are also live streaming on Facebook. And um, yeah, stay tuned, everyone. Pleasure to be Thank here. Take care. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.